0: Welcome to the Road Roadshow, episode number 207 and a half. My name is John Morgan. I'm in London, England. Cold coffee is not here with me, unfortunately, but Simon Head is. and We just put an event to rest with UFC on ESPN Plus 5. We got a little overtime tonight. I don't even know where where to start, Simon. Do we do we start with Masvidal versus Till? Do we start with Masvidal versus Edwards? I guess it's all tied in together. But um, one of the more bizarre endings, I guess you would say, to a, to a UFC fight night.
1: Yeah, it's kind of overtime, but not overtime because it curtailed the post fight press conference by by two thirds. Yeah, we had no Leon Edwards. We had no Jorge Masvidal. Um, Darren Till was unable to join us because of what. Jorge Masvidal did to him during the fight. Mm-hmm. So we were left with, uh, with Dave Shaw. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was a crazy night. I think probably the best way to frame the evening is this week was the Jorge Masvidal show. Mm-hmm. From the minute he uh, appeared at the uh, the York Hall in Bethnal Green, iconic boxing venue for any boxing aficionados out there, um, put on a great open workout session an Impromptu uh, Street Self-Defense, <laughs> tutorial, and uh, fielded questions from the audience. Then he went on and had a absolutely superb media day. If you were grading him and thinking, how did he do yeah. during fight week? He ticked all the boxes. He did a great job during media day. Super quotable. Gave people real interest in his fight. Interest in him. Uh, and I think got people who maybe might not have been that excited about the fight much more interested in what was going to happen on Saturday night. And then... Having done all of that, he gets in the cage and produces an absolutely stunning performance. Um, we'll have to talk about the overall. I mean, there wasn't a huge amount in terms of time elapsed, but there there was some absolute craziness during the fight, and one of the one of the nastiest knockouts we've seen in quite some time. And at that point, you think he's he's played the week perfectly. Top of the world. There is there is literally nothing more the man can do other than come back and talk to us. Give us some more real talk in the press conference because that's what Jorge Masvidal is all about. Give us some more real talk. Tell us what he wants next. And then goes off on his merry way. But during an interview with Laura Sanko for ESPN, uh, Leon Edwards had a few words to say from uh, stage right. And uh, Jorge Masvidal decided that he wasn't too happy about that. Went over and then uh, all hell broke loose. Yeah,
0: all hell did break loose. And, you know, in... (sighs) I mean I think it's it's interesting because it was broadcast live basically so pretty much everybody saw it yeah. um so there's there's not a whole lot to say that you know behind the scenes what what you didn't see I mean it all kind of played out on camera um I, I guess the one thing that we we talked to a couple members of, uh, of Masvidal's team um and what they said from their point of view was you know Masvidal walked over and had his hands behind his back Leon lifted his hands like he was ready to go and that's when when Jorge decided, well, then I'm throwing punches. You know, you're not going to raise your hands to me. Um, they framed it as self-defense. I don't know if that would stand up in a court of law. I don't know if, if somebody raising their hands to you is, is uh, you know, legal justification or, or not enough for you to, to go ahead and strike on them. But on the rules of the street, I can understand what he's saying. If a man raises his hand at you, don't wait to see what he does. You know what I mean? Act first. I mean, that c- – kind of goes in with his impromptu street self defense seminar that he gave earlier in the week it's just don't don't sit there and be a target you know you got to do something
1: yeah i mean i'm i'm an englishman i'm a british guy and i've i've thankfully not been involved in too many uh, altercations over the years i'm a generally pretty well behaved boy um but i've certainly seen a fair few and this what happened there was definitely not what you normally get here in england what you normally get you have two people will front up They'll shout some crap at each other. There'll be a bit of pushing and shoving, and then if if it hasn't already been broken up by then, then maybe the fists will fly. But Jorge from, from right first glance, it. there was absolutely no messing around whatsoever and and yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think you can justify it. I don't think you can justify it. I don't think you can uh, I think calling it self-defense is, is a stretch at best. Yeah. Um, because I didn't see Leon throw anything.
0: Right. Um, That's why I'm saying. I don't know if the act of raising your hands is if you might strike yeah. is considered enough to be a throw. I understand, why, it's, I understand. Why, why why Jorge wants to react to it and, and gain the upper hand. Yeah, yeah. But, I, and, but listen, I, and, and to say if it's legally, I don't think any charges or anything are going to come to this. I mean, it was broken up relatively quickly. Um
1: Security did a superb job because they were right there.
0: Security was right there. They, they got him right separated. They they went to the to the to the steps of not bringing him to the post fight press conference. Yep. Um, from from what we understand, Masvidal's team is is now at a different hotel. You know, so they, they make sure there won't be any you know accidental run ins at, at breakfast tomorrow morning or anything mm-hmm. along those lines. So you know, everybody did what they should. And I guess I, I mean I guess Leon Edwards, if he wanted to, maybe could press charges, but I I just can't imagine that he would do that. And and. I mean, I know it sounds kind of stupid, but uh, I mean, in, in, in the MMA, I mean, look at what happened when Colby Covington wanted to file charges against Fabrizio Verdoon. Right? Everybody yeah. was like, "Are you serious, <laughs> you loser?" So yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think Leon ever. Now there was some damage. I mean, he did get cut. He so, got a nasty I mean, cut on his cheekbone. For he it, did it. get a nasty cut. I mean, fortunately, that's you know, they. I'm sure the UFC took care of the sutures, and that'll heal up nice and easy. So I don't think that's going to be any kind of lasting concern. I mean, if he if he knocked him out or something like that, then maybe you press charges or yeah. something because you're like. Dude, you just gave me a concussion, uh, but I, I can't see any charges coming from it. I really don't think the UFC is going to do anything. I mean, hell, if they didn't punish Conor McGregor for for throwing a dolly through a, a you know a bus window and, and actually injuring people and that sort of mm-hmm. thing, I, I don't think they're going to do anything here.
1: It's interesting because Masvidal's performance in the cage earned him not one but two fifty thousand dollar post fight bonuses. He got fight of the night uh, for his for, you know for the fight with Darren Till, and he got performance of the night as well. Now. Wouldn't be, it? Wouldn't have been surprising if they'd have turned around and said, "Well, he's going to forfeit his bonuses for right. that." Right, and that may yet still, happen for, still all, happen. for all we know, for all we know, you know, in in, you know, the the, uh, the UFC may review what happened. I'm sure they will review what happened, and they may take the view that you know what, we, you know, we'll, we'll withhold these bonuses until we know exactly how all this went down. We'll take a we'll take a, a considered view of what happened. And uh maybe we just won't give you those bonuses. But it's weird because I was talking to a media colleague of mine backstage. Um, Paul Daly got thrown out of the UFC for sucker punching Josh Kosher in the cage right. after the bell. Right. Some of the stuff we've seen since mm. is it's in another Fair it's point. in it's on another level altogether. And now I'm not saying you should throw Jorge Masvidal out of the UFC, I'm not saying you should throw Conor McGregor out of the UFC or Khabib the Magomedov but i think at some point and there does need to be a line drawn whereby this stuff while fans love to see conflict fans love to see trash talk fans like to see um aggravation and all that because it's it, it's drama it's a storyline all the rest of it but at the end of the day they're getting in occasion fighting right. i mean that's that's as that's that's as much as it should be i think you know, if 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 the fighting is outside of the cage, I think I think we have a problem, and I think stuff need that needs to be tightened up somehow, some way. Um, I'm I'm disappointed if I'm honest. I mean, Masvidal had an incredible week when when the knockout happened. Bear in mind, we're in the UK. We're here in London. Darren Till is a is a, is a British fighter. Yeah. Um, and when Masvidal won won by knockout in that spectacular fashion, everyone was Super, super impressed. It was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then the, the sort of the, the conversation then moved on to what a week he's had. Yeah. What a week he's had. You know, talk about elevate yourself. I mean, he's been in the UFC for a long time. That was his forty-sixth professional fight. This isn't like he's a prospect breaking through the glass ceiling and saying, "Here I am." Right. This a guy who's been around the block a few times. Right. right. So but it seemed like this this was a seminal week for I him agree. in terms of his career I feel like he came and it still a star. is and it still it is it still is and you know rightly or wrongly what happened after is only going to it's only going to increase his notoriety further it shouldn't in 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 real terms but in in you know given the way this sport works these days it will so i don't know what's going to happen probably not a lot and i asked dave Shaw. i i I got the mic back for extra questions during the press conference because um, I'm denied about asking, and I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to ask. And I was, it was given what we've seen in the past before, and I was alluding to the Khabib Connor situation. Right. We, you know, the facility is there for people to to basically deal with any business inside the cage, Right. under regulation, with rules. You have a distinct winner and a distinct loser. And then things are dealt with, and um, I asked the question: Is that is that is that going to be a consideration now? Because Edwards called for the winner of the main event, mm-hmm. uh, and I think what probably I don't know what Edwards shouted uh, over at Masvidal, but I'm sure it was Edwards letting it be known that he wants Masvidal next. Right. He got Masvidal much earlier than he was hoping for. Right. But in terms of a fight in the octagon, that fight now makes sense even more so now. Yeah. Does the UFC book it? or is it irresponsible to having already done it once with Conor and Khabib is it going to be irresponsible to go down a similar or lower level yeah no see I, go down a similar path and almost exploit what was an unsavory incident in order in order to, yeah, to put but, a fight on it but it on.
0: is part of the story I, like i was never really that offended by people like by the fact that the ufc used the footage in the in mm. the build up that was part of the story it's not good and and, and look i'm not I don't want to sit here and make it sound like I am so offended by by Masvidal's disgusting behavior. But yeah. what to your point it is right. Like this is not okay. It cannot happen because yeah. it will escalate or worse things can and and will happen if you if you allow incidents like this to occur. He said
1: it himself. Masvidal said um to me during the during the media day this trash talking one day someone's going to get killed or right. badly hurt. Right. Right. Um because there are crazy people out there who would do some crazy shit. Masvidal just did some crazy shit, <laughs> so you know he almost he was, he himself was correct. self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, you know, yeah, it I, wasn't massively extreme. It was it was a couple of punches, Yep. but for me, it was unnecessary. Obviously, it was unnecessary. Sure. He he did everything right, and we should be walking away going, Jorge Masvidal has elevated himself now and he's a guy people can get behind he's had the best performance arguably of his of his UFC career certainly yeah. um he's in the mix he's in the mix now and despite the fact he had that incredible brutal knockout of Darren Till which that video should be trending but it won't be that video that's trending it'll be this behind so the true. scenes video that's trending and i think i think that's a shame for him yeah i think that's a shame for him cuz from a sporting context He's taken the shine off his own performance because people aren't talking about that now. They're talking about this.
0: So true, and I think that's why it's it's it sucks for him because he, he up to that point, man, he had killed everything this week, as you said, and it really did feel like even a guy that's been around this long, it was his coming out part, you know what I mean? It really was, yeah. so uh, a damn shame. I, you know, listen, I, I'm okay with them booking Masvidal Edwards if they want to do that. I, I don't know if Masvidal will think it makes sense. I mean, maybe now it makes sense because there's, there's something really – personal behind it and, and something frustrating behind it so maybe it would make more sense to him now I know he's you know he's thinking title shot um but you know we'll have to see how that all plays out uh and you know one more win certainly wouldn't hurt to solidify his case like he hadn't fought in a while and it's not like he was on some massive winning streak coming in or anything like yeah. that so um I, I would be okay with doing it well, let's talk about Darren Till man I I thought Darren Till was fighting well man I mean I think Uh, you know, Masvidal was, uh, was a little bit of a slow start. No question about it, but I thought Till was doing well. Um, you know, the straights were landing, he was adding in the uppercuts as well. Uh, I thought finding good, I, I will say, I think Masvidal started to find his range a bit in the second till didn't seem to appreciate it or pick up on it. You know, it didn't, it didn't seem like he made any adjustments. And then that, that left hand over the top was just brutal, man. And, and, uh, caught him with it, you know, a second one landed on the way down, but I mean, I think he was out from that first punch and then uh, when he hit the ground, you know, Till Till's head bounced off the canvas pretty hard and he was he was out for a bit. There was there was a couple minutes that he was out. So, um but we, we have not heard word on him. I'm sure he'll be fine, but but they've got him uh, at the hospital for precautionary reasons. Yeah. Um man, for Darren Till, who where, where do you go from here, man? Because this is a this is tough man a guy that you know admitted how much that last loss to Tyron Woodley resonated with him on a daily basis you know and, and how it fueled him to become better and that was still driven to be the best in the world and now you get your lights turned out two two consecutive losses um big big step back for Darren Till
1: yeah it was a it was a one of the craziest starts to a fight that i've seen in quite a while um
0: bizarre one of the craziest starts oh of, my god i mean
1: we always thought this is going to be interesting to see how the start of this fight goes. Jorge Masvidal came flying out, literally flying out of his corner, flew through the air, and planted a <laughs> like a, a fly,
0: flying a, a kick. flying
1: kick squarely in the <laughs> in the plums of Darren Till, <laughs> who went down like a sack of potatoes, oh, as man. as you would. And uh, like what I, I was sort of half looking at the screen, I was actually walking around the desk to get a good vantage point to watch it and I thought oh did he catch the inside of his leg and it ride up and hit him no nope. no just do, you know, do not drill. pass go bang straight in and down he went and I thought crikey okay and we kind of joked tactically that's not a terrible move at the start <laughs> of a fight because no fighter that gets whacked in the plums at the very start of a fight is going to want to just quit at that point right. right so bravado and possibly the uh the desire to get their own back, means that they're coming back into this fight. But you whack someone hard enough in the nuts, you know, they're compromised for a little while. Sure. So so we kind of had a bit of a joke about that. But So Till recovered, uh, sufficiently to continue, and with his very first punch of the fight, the, like no range finder, nothing, bang, straight left, down the pipe, yep. Masvidal goes down. So we've had two strikes, one to the nuts, Down he goes, guy gets up, straight left, bang, down goes Masvidal. This this fight's insane already. And Till wasn't able to capitalize on that. I think he was wary, and probably rightly so, of Masvidal on the ground. Definitely. And and, uh, I think he didn't want to put himself in too much danger down there, which was probably a smart move. They had a bit of an exchange down there on the ground, Had, had a bit of a scramble. Um but in the end, it got back up to the feet, and rather than really put the pressure on again, Till kind of backed off a bit. Mm-hmm. And th- something I commented on to Abby was watching the way Till fights, and I've seen it a couple of times actually. His right hand, he, it's almost not a punching hand. It's true, right? He, he's left. He's got a lot of power with the left hand, and he almost uses the right to sort of open the door for the left. Mm-hmm. He's just range finding with the right. You, you don't see a lot of power strikes with the right until he's got the guy hurt and then he sort of squares up and starts unloading. But when he's in his usual fighting stance, he's very wide, very uh, very broad striking base and he's just basically range-finding with the right and once he's got his range, he knows that he's connected solidly enough with the knuckles. Then comes the left and because of that, Masvidal was able to start to time him and it took him about a round to get it right and then in the second round, Masvidal started to touch him a bit uh, and... I liken it to when like Nick Diaz throws punches. Um, he doesn't throw full power with every punch. He just gets his range. He connects with punches and it's little and often. Right. And then every now and again he'll, he'll mix it up with a big one. And that's what, that's, and because you don't see the difference, they're the ones that hurt. And I think that's what happened here. Masvidal was touching till he was countering him brilliantly, like crisp one, two punches. It'd be, pow, pow. If the first one landed, the second one landed. Right. And, I don't Till, think Till was
0: respecting it. And Till
1: was just sort of shaking his head and yeah. saying, nah, didn't hurt me. Because they didn't. Right. But then there was Masvidal, in, in doing that, he did it about th- two two or three times. Mm-hmm. He'd got his range. He'd sorted out Till's timing. And then he uncorked a big one. And it, com- I think it's partly shock, but obviously a complete difference in power. Till, I think, was out from the p- first punch, as you say. Hit him with another one on the way down. It was quite sickening really to see just how high Darren Teal's head bounced off Oof. the canvas. Bounced sort of a good foot off the canvas. And uh then he dived in and got another one and, and Mark Goddard sort of dived in there and managed to managed to spare him from any more. But nasty knockout and honestly and I Leon uh, Leon Edwards isn't gonna like this. But I think Darren Teal, Leon Edwards isn't a terrible match to make next. Hmm. Um because I don't think Darren Till is going to absolutely crash through the floor in terms of the rankings. He's right. going to he's going to drop down a bit, obviously, sure. because Masvidel's on on the up. Um, Edwards, I don't think is going to go up much because he was fighting a guy who's ranked below him. I think right. Gunnar Nelson. So I think what we saw tonight was Till and Edwards actually get closer together in the rankings. And I think that fight, um, which a lot of people thought was something that. Edwards was going to call for at the end of the night because people yeah. thought Till was going to win. Uh, I think there's an argument that that fight may well happen.
0: That's interesting. You know, I think Leon, you're right, would be disappointed with that booking. He wants to go a little higher up the rankings, but um, you know, maybe a headliner on a show in in, in Birmingham. Europe. Yeah,
1: do it in Birmingham. I mean, Leon, Leon wants a, uh, he wants to he wants to bring the UFC back to Birmingham. It's been a long time since they've been there. Um, and uh, a quick note on Leon. I know we haven't really spoken about Leon's performance booed in his own country I know amazing that,
0: that was crazy look I don't know if it, I couldn't tell if just all of Iceland was in the building it sounded like or it. what because yes the booze came out for Leon Edwards Gunnar Nelson got ch- cheered loudly and then you had the the chants going on you know the Viking was,
1: clap the skull clap yeah, yeah.
0: man I, I was I felt so bad for Leon Edwards I was like how no respect we said going in I, I, I perennially undervalue him um, and listen, I was impressed. You're right; he's not going to take a big move up the rankings because of the opponent. But knowing, you know, how much I think we all respect Gunnar Nelson as a fighter and a martial artist, I thought that you know, getting a convincing win over him the way Leon did, and especially the way he did it, you know, I mean, he he stuffed Gunnar's grappling game, and you know, he said, "Hey, don't be surprised when I submit him." Um, now he didn't get that far, but I think he showed that, "Hey, I'm I'm cool grappling with Gunnar Nelson. That's not a problem."
1: Yeah, and it was it was it was a. I don't understand how one judge scored it for Gunnar Nelson. I, really, I it, was, it, was, it, it, it was it was rendered a split decision.
0: And it was read as a split with with Gunnar's score as the first score. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, which Bruce yeah. mixes it up a little bit. It's not always one and three. You know, but yes. when it's the first score, you're like, oh, Really? What? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there was some there was some gasps in the media room when they heard that. Like, Are you sure? Is this a? You know, sometimes you get the score and it's read out as this a split decision, and then subsequently. The scorecards were written down incorrectly, right, or right. you know there was a, you know there was some confusion, and it was actually a unanimous decision. But yeah, no, that was that was very confusing. But the thing with Leon, Leon is, you know, there isn't a lot to be offended by with Leon Edwards. You know, he isn't a trash talker. He is attempting to try and make a little bit of noise for himself, but he's not. He he is a respectful guy. He he's not somebody who'll go out and 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 say terrible things about your mum. Or or start hurling expletives in your face, or anything like that. It that is that's, funny because that's not he, what he's like. It he's is a funny nice because guy.
0: you talked to him ahead. Of, you talked to him at media day in in the interview because I ended up writing the piece on it, but it was your interview where Leon actually said is like. In this day and age, man, it's like if you're not talking trash, then nobody pays attention to you, you know? I mean, it's so funny, so between y'all saying the trash talk is corny and it's got to get a, you know, get over it, and Leon saying, oh, I wish this sport wasn't about trash talking, and then those two guys get an altercation back then. It's
1: just the grandest <laughs> of irony, isn't it? But I mean, if you look at British UFC fighters in over recent years Leon Edwards is definitely the most improved you, you know if you, you look at his body of work every time you see him he looks better in one area or another mm-hmm. and he's, his ground game has, has come along leaps and bounds we talked about it on uh, the earlier show mm-hmm. uh, this week when he came into the UFC he's predominantly a striker now he's a legit well-rounded mixed martial artist and he showed that and it was it was a good performance a good win and and uh, it's funny because we were saying in the media room it's like well who are they going who are they going to match him with because he doesn't have that massive larger than life personality he's he's ranked at a sort of level where the guys above him are going to look at him and say what do I get from fighting this guy right so he's sort of caught between a rock and a hard place and possibly possibly i'm sure he probably doesn't feel it right now possibly what happened with him getting Getting clocked by Jorge Masvidal after the uh, after the event, that might turn out to be one of the best things to happen to him in terms of his his uh, his stock and his salability, and because there is a fight there that you can book, and with Till losing, that's another fight you can book. That's the only other fight that makes sense for me. Yeah, because um, you, you know because what, man? they've had a bit of back and forth in the past already.
0: So I, ca- I think because um, when I think about it, I think I'd much rather see Jorge Masvidal versus Leon Edwards than I would. Jorge versus Ben Askren, which was kind of the thought coming in, right? Like Ben was going to get the winner. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, damn, I'm down for that fight. I mean, Ben's great, man. He, I mean, Ben had a great week too, you know what I mean? He was coming around, making the rounds, hand, you know, doing the, the Q&A and, and having some boom roasted with the fans there. And, I mean, he was just on fire. So, I mean, look, Ben Askren's stock was, was, was high this week too. But I think in terms of just – stylistically the matchup and then what is involved in it. I know we're saying that this altercation isn't a good thing and it's not, but it is part of the story. Like I think I'd rather see Myles Don Edwards than I than I would Myles. I mean, there's a ton of fights for Ben Askrin.
1: Yeah, I mean Ben Askrin you could put in there with just about anybody. Um he he's at that he's at that stage right now where it almost doesn't matter who you put him mm-hmm. in with. People are gonna watch that because they're there are people who are very excited to see this guy in the UFC because they're aware of his career and they've watched him and they want to see him test himself. And then there's the other camp who are, this guy deserves to get a a shoe in from somebody. (laughs) I can't wait to watch it. So either it it doesn't matter. Like the worst thing you could be towards a fighter is ambivalent. That's right. And with Leon Edwards, a lot of people were ambivalent. And I think, now we're getting to a stage where through his performances, through his improvement and through the fact that he's, he's now found himself unwittingly caught up in some some controversy or maybe not unwittingly because he, he instigated it by shouting. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's be honest about it. But um, it escalated pretty quick. But through that, he's now a name that people are going to know a little bit more. Right. right, you know, rightly or wrongly, but his performances in the Octagon have been have been very, very good. And you know, you look at you look at the names he's beaten, and uh, you know, Gunnar Nelson, massively respected, uh, grappler, someone who's always been in and around that top ten, top fifteen. Donald Cowboy Cerrone, everybody loves Donald Cowboy Cerrone and what he brings to the cage. Peter is a respected European grappler. Brian Barbarina doesn't get doesn't get finished easy. He gives everybody a tough fight. You know, you go down. luke is he's, he's on the app as well. You know, he's he's having a good run. Two These guys are all legit, and Edwards has beaten them all. But it needs he now he now needs a big he, ne- he needs a big fight, like a really big fight. Yep. And for me, well, Masvidal writes. You know, you know the story writes itself. Yeah. That uh, that's 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 the one I I'd, I'd probably book. I
0: dig it. I dig it. All right, uh, Dominic Reyes picked up a split decision win over Volkan Uzdemir. Hotly contested split decision. Um, Dominic Reyes. I don't necessarily think he looked bad tonight, but I think Volkan looked pretty good, you know, and, and was able to counter him very well. Um, the crowd uh, did not like this uh, result. Volkan definitely didn't like the result. He came back and talked to you guys about it. Um, I will say it was it was close. Um, I, I wasn't scoring round by round. Steven Morocco was doing that for us. And, and our, our, our play-by-play, um, he actually gave the fight to Dominic Reyes. So, okay. Uh, but he did say, even in his notes, he said, I'm scoring at 29-28, giving Reyes rounds two and three, but definitely would not be surprised to see it go the other way. You know, So it, it was really, really close. As I was casually watching, I was recapping the fight, so it's was like I wasn't watching it, but I, but I wasn't watching it necessarily with score in mind. I, I kind of thought Vulcan had done enough to win the fight. Yeah, um, But, uh, yeah, man, tough tough result for Vulcan, man. Another guy that was – stock was up high. Now, I don't know that it drops hugely after this because the fight was so close. But, you know, an L is an L, you know, no matter what. You may, it may have an asterisk next to it, but it's still a loss. Meanwhile, Dominic Reyes uh, does stay undefeated. Uh, but I don't think necessarily, you know, the way like – Johnny Walker has exploded out of nowhere, and people are going, maybe he's the guy to beat Jon Jones. Even though Dominic Reyes is literally saying, I'm going to be the man to beat Jon Jones, I don't know if this was the type of performance where people go, oh, God, i got to see that fight.
1: No, no. And this this might come as a little bit of a surprise, but Volkan Özdemir is now 3-3 three and three in the UFC. Mm. Three wins in a row. OSP, Serkinov, and Manoa, and then he, he lost to Cormier Smith, and now Dominic Reyes. Um, and... I mean, the feeling in the media room
0: was... It's like he was just on top of the world. It was, it was no time flat. No flat time. Thrift.
1: He's got no time for the judges <laughs> after tonight. I'll tell you that much. But he came backstage. Like um, The U- the USCPR staff came over and said, we've got no Dominic Reyes. He's been transported. Vulcan has said he would be happy to come back and talk if you'd like him to come back. We're like, yes, please, I let's like talk it. to him. So I wondered, okay, he's going to come back. He's going to be spitting fire. This will right. be interesting because he's never done that before. Right. And he came back and he was remarkably calm and composed, incredibly polite, clearly pissed off. <laughs> um but very articulated uh, so sorry, very articulately more more than me. Um <laughs> explained <laughs> It is four o'clock in the it, morning, excuse. Explained himself and uh yeah, I mean, respect to him for doing that. He didn't need to do that. Um and uh yeah, a lot of, I think a lot of the people in the media room I didn't I didn't get to see um the first two rounds. Right. So I wasn't. When I looked at the third round, I thought Reyes was clearly winning the Definitely, third round. Yeah, no question. It about looked that. like uh, Ozdemir had slowed down, and um, actually, we bumped into him in the host hotel, and he came over to us and said he should have pushed. He should have pushed more in the last round, and he, he was adamant that he won the first round. He thought the second round was closer, but he still felt that he did more than enough to win it. Yep. Um, and uh, we even we even pulled up MMA decisions and and, and looked at how everybody was scoring well, the fight. About two
0: thirds of people. Yeah had it for him but there were some people that, that had it for Reyes.
1: And and the other thing we saw obviously was the uh the three scorecards all
0: different all. all
1: completely different. That's right. So I mean, you know, scores all over the place and uh yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Dustin next. It was it was suggested during during the scrum, you know, maybe he'd like to fight in Sweden. Hmm. Um Jimmy Manu would like to fight in Sweden perhaps a rematch makes sense for the pair of them Osdomir seemed down for that um, Mana would, would take a rematch at the drop of a hat because Correct. that's what Jimmy's like if someone beats him you can bet you'll want to get back in there and, and, and make amends for that that makes a lot of sense right now, given what's happened with Vulcan right now. So um maybe we'll right see may, maybe we'll see that rerun. And obviously with with uh, Alex Gustafsson and uh Anthony Smith on that card as well, that'd be a nice little light heavyweight showcase you could put at the top of that card. So good suggestion. Um so that's an interesting one. But yeah, no, I've I've got a load of respect for Vulcan for the way the way he dealt with that. Um he was clearly annoyed. Um, but he came. I think the first thing he said is, you know, I want to be classy. I don't want to. I don't want to be bitching about this. That's but right. I'm not happy with what happened. And he he actually said that uh, Reyes team had gone over and basically congratulated him on on his win before the decision was announced. And then obviously Reyes hand got raised, and it was like, oh, okay, oh, never mind. So so you know, take the win and gallop off on, on off to the sunset.
0: That's crazy. But
1: um, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, the Simon Head jink strikes again. I, I I said that that fight, there's no way that fight's going to a decision. Of there all the goes. fights on the card, that is a nailed-on knockout finish for someone. So of much. course it goes to the judges.
0: Not so much. All right, one that didn't go to the judges, Nathaniel Wood, picked up a submission over Jose Quinones. Second round rear naked choke. And, uh, man, I, I thought Wood looked good, man. If, if, if you didn't believe before, I think you should believe now, man. I think this kid is a, a, a real prospect, man. I was, I was excited about what I saw. Um, you know, definitely. I mean, Jose's a scrappy, scrappy kid, but uh, uh, Nathaniel's just uh, a, a cut above, man. I think he's top talent.
1: Yeah, he's not. He's not a prospect, John. He's
0: the prospect. The prospect. He's the I mean, prospect. It's in his. It's in his name.
1: The clue is in the name, and uh, it's kind of. It's kind of funny because he worked his way up the up the regional scene and won the Cage Warriors bantamweight title largely by knocking people out. You know he's no he's known as a knockout guy. Right. You know a striker, and he's come to the UFC and he's reeled off three straight submissions. So um, you know hugely impressive performance. He seems to be getting better with every every display. And uh, the the thing I like about him is he's ambitious, but he's not cocky. He's not getting right. he, he's not getting ahead of himself. Yeah. He knows there's a process you have to go through. And I think other than that being his own character, I think the fact that he's got someone like Brad Pickett in his corner, um, who has been there and done it all um over the course of his career i think he's got he's got the perfect mentor right there and um yeah super super impressed with how he performed because sometimes when you perform in your hometown and you know you you get that fight that you've always wanted we he, he said in the press conference he's been dreaming of fighting in the O2 in the octagon and this was the night that he was doing it and he had his friends and family were all in the crowd you know he had his mentor who he'd watched yeah when he went and watched UFC, now he's in his corner and he had all of that and sometimes you can you can you can freeze in those situations. Yes, you, can. you know, the enormity of it's like, wow, everything I dreamed of is happening to me right now. It's true. And then you, you just sort of clam up and you, you you know, you can't you can't you can't perform. He performed, he did really well and, and you know, I think I think the sky's the limit for him. I think How good he,
0: is one thirty five right now?
1: That's the most interesting division. Oh my God. Well, I'll say the most interesting. Two hundred and five is looking pretty interesting right now as yeah, well. Yeah, One hundred and seventy is pretty interesting God, right now. One hundred and thirty-five is but strong. I think thirty-five might be the most exciting division.
0: We just got to get TJ Dillashaw figured out. You know what we're going to do, but because there's some great fights at one hundred and thirty-five right now. Yeah,
1: I think we need to get a title back into circulation again and just get that ball rolling because there's so there's so much going on in that. You know. P.D. Yan's moving up, you know. P. D. Yan versus anybody is an exciting fight. Nathaniel Wood versus I think he wants someone ten to fifteen next. Right. That that makes total sense for him. You know, you've got John Lineker knocking around still, you know, it, it, it's it's such an exciting division. Um and it's great from a personal point of view to see a good up and coming British fighter who he hasn't come in on a surge of hype, I don't think. He's coming no. he's coming with legit credentials. Um, and he's doing things the right way, and uh, I'm, I'm, I was, I was really, really, uh, really pleased to see how he performed on the big stage.
0: Phenomenal guy looks like he's the real deal. All right, Claudio Silva picked up a, a verbal submission win over Danny Roberts, and I gotta say, I mean, it sucks for a number of reasons because I, 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 I thought the fight was, the fight was, the fight was fun. It was crazy, man. It was back and forth. You know, you had a clash of styles to be sure. I mean, Danny Roberts was touching him up on the feet, but Claudio was just like falling into takedowns and trying everything he could for submissions. I mean, dude, he was, he looked exhausted to me after the first round. I thought Claudio Silva was done. He came back to his corner and just looked exhausted, but he kept, he kept going. He kept grinding, He kept pushing. And then he gets this arm bar and it was definitely locked in deep. Um, now I will say it was on the other side of the cage as me from where I was sitting, but I did not hear a scream. And and I, I had somebody reach out to me. I didn't hear the broadcast. I don't know if you guys could hear the broadcast or not, but apparently during the broadcast they were kind of saying that a yell isn't a verbal submission, but it is. I mean, it it absolutely is. We had
1: that conversation in the back.
0: Yeah, if you scream out loud, it is absolutely a verbal submission because, you know, you're screaming in pain. You know, the referee's there to protect you. Um, but I didn't hear his scream, and, and uh, I asked his team, like, as he walked by, I mean, Danny was obviously very, very frustrated, so I let him pass first, uh, but then I asked his team, like, did he scream? And they are like, no, he said he grunted twice. Yeah. I didn't hear it, so I just, oh, man, I, I, I thought the ending was premature, and, I'm, and you know, I, I don't want to slam the referee. I believe it was Kevin Satake was the referee on that one. Um, I, you know, I I understand it was it was a, it was a bad looking arm bar, and he's trying to do the best he can and he was staying in position. I just think he made a mistake here. Mistakes happen. That doesn't I mean I'm I'm not criticizing the guy or saying he's not good at what he does or what have you, but I I just feel like there was a, a an error in judgment here and I, and I feel bad for Danny Roberts. Yeah,
1: and you know, you could tell from like the post fight interview that was a he was angry, he was emotional. Um and I think everybody watching it could could uh, could sympathise because yep. it looked like he'd, he'd kind of half extricated himself from from, mm-hmm. from the position when the fight was actually broken up. So, yeah, it was one of those. I mean, like when when it happened, and you know what it's like backstage. Some you know you're, you're sort of half looking at, you know, dealing with the, uh, a potential interview that's coming in, right. or you're you run back to your desk to turn some video around or whatever. Or you're swapping memory cards or whatever it is, and then and then and then you look up at the telly, and all of a sudden, what it looks like is a, sub- a submission, but then he escapes the submission. And the next thing you know, the ref's in there, and you think, okay, well, what did he do? Did he pull his shorts to break the submission? Right. Is he going to reset? What's going on here? And someone shouted out, "No, Roberts has won." I don't know, why? Was there was there was there a weird sort of tap that I didn't see, or? And then it transpired, no, it wasn't. It was it was a it was it was it was a verbal submission and, and Robert's lost. It was confusion all over the place. Right. And uh media media room was a bit of a mess tonight. We didn't have <laughs> we didn't we didn't no no, we didn't have enough screens. ninety percent right. of the people working in the media room couldn't see a TV while they were working. So it wow. was it was tricky. Like eventually we got one towards the end, but it was it wasn't easy. We were having to run away to the other bits of the room to actually see what was going on. So Keeping up with some of the fights was tricky, right? And I'll I'll, I'll mention that with a fight later on, but um, but yeah, it was it was it was unfortunate. And Claudio Silva, credit to him, you know he got he's he's got the win that he wanted. Um, you know he's a local boy, living living just over the way from from the O2 Arena. Right. You know we, we we touched on that again in in, in his interview tonight, and. Um, you know he's very excited to be back in the mix, and he wants to, he wants to start. He wants to fight five times in a year. Yeah. So he you know he he wants to make up for lost time, and you know he's going to be a he's going to be a tricky out for anybody, uh, because of his style. You know he, he's very very tricky on the mat. Danny Roberts, you know, he he's always he seems to get in into these into these crazy fights where crazy stuff happens. Um, and this is another one, but this 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 you know this one sort of went away from him, and you know it's a shame. When people mistakes happen, people yeah. make, people make mistakes when they fight. Referees can sometimes make mistakes. Everybody's human; it's a human sport. That's it. um, it's just a shame. It's and, just a
0: shame that w- when the referee makes a mistake, what it ends up costing, you know, because it's it's yeah. you know it's it's half your money for one. Yep. You know, with the win bonus. I mean, he could have lost anyway, but but just to say, if you feel it's taken away from you, not to mention just the position in the you know, normally when you win, your salary goes up a little bit in your next in your next fight. You know, yep. so missed out on that, so there's a little bit of money there. Not to mention, you know, as you said, as people are making their way up, you know, you got to ha- put wins together to move up the rankings and get the bigger fight. So Dana
1: um, wasn't happy, was he?
0: Dana was not happy. He took to, he took to social media and and ripped uh, the referee. He's he's a little less. Uh, understanding of human error than we are, but uh, he, he was not happy. But uh, feel for Danny Roberts. I mean, uh, much respect to Claudio Silva because he, he fought his ass off. He didn't do anything wrong. He did what he was supposed to do, you know? No. Nah. Uh, you just feel for Danny Roberts. All right, another guy that might have potentially made a little mistake, John Phillips uh, suffering a split decision loss to Jack Marshman. Now, a, a couple of ways to go on this because, first of all, the crowd hated this decision as well, <laughs> man, and uh, they, they were not satisfied with the way it went down, but – Man, you got to think John Phillips, dude. He, he floored Marshman early on and, you know, yeah, didn't want to go down. And I understand, man. He's, a, he's I mean, he's a striker. That's what he wants to do. He wants to strike. But, yeah, floored him, didn't jump on top to finish. Instead, backed away, waved him up, took a quick little bow to him, uh, and then ends up losing the fight via decision. Um, bummer there, man. It, it was a close fight. And I think, too, similar to um, kind of what we were talking about with Till as well, like Phillips definitely – you know, was, was was won the first round, but then you know Marshman, even though he was retreating, even though he was moving, he was starting to find success with his counters, and I think he was, he was, you know, obviously getting points on the judges' cards um, with the work he was doing, and I, I just don't think Phillips respected it enough to to realize like I got to do something here.
1: Yeah, I mean, the feeling in the feeling in the media room was that was that Marshman had done enough. Um, he was he was working a little more. He was. You know, the shots might not have been as impactful, but there, you know, there were more of them uh, and they were still finding their mark, you know, and I think, you know, Marshman had told us in the lead up that he was going to try and mix things up. And I think he did to some degree. He didn't get drawn into a toe-to-toe slugfest, which I think was probably a very shrewd move because Phillips has got some pretty serious punching power. Um, And by fighting off the back foot, he was making Phillips kind of chase him around a bit and he was always right on the very, very end of the punches when Phillips was connecting. So there wasn't—he wasn't always landing with too much impact. You know, he was sort of really leaning in to try and get to his body and barely reaching at the point. So, yeah, I mean, I know. I think it was because Phillips had got that knockdown, and the crowd would think, right, okay, he, he's going to go in and finish this. So, and Marshman never really had that. He was fighting a much more tactical fight uh, that he got that he got the win. So, and uh, you know, Marshman. He could have found himself in a little bit of trouble career wise after after that fight because um he, he explained to us backstage, you know, he's heading into the fight, he's an active paratrooper in right. the army. And he's actually decided he's gonna he's leaving the army. He's he's basically handed in his notice or whatever, and he's leaving the army. Um but having done that, having handed in the notice he knows when he's leaving, to then lose today, that he might have found himself cut by the UFC so he'd end up Without the job that he wanted, and he'd lost his previous job, he'd have found himself in a whole load of trouble. Uh, and it sounds as if he may have taken this fight against the army's wishes as well. Yeah, um, crazy, a hilarious moment backstage. Like we thought, oh, he must have sort, he must have sorted it all out, you know, because I think it was Niall McGrath said. So the army said on Thursday that you weren't allowed to fight. Is that right? And he said, yeah. He goes, well, what changed between between Thursday and Saturday? You know what? what? And Jack just sort of grinned and went. We'll find out when I go back to <laughs> work on Monday, because I think he just basically said, "Sod it, I'm going to fight anyway." So, you know, it was, it was, um, it was, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Jack Marshman next. You know, he 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 really does need to try and get another win. I suspect they'll keep him on the European cards and 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 give him give him that sort of level of opposition. Phillips really needs a win from somewhere. Yeah. You know, um, you know that's that's a, that's that's a couple in a row now that I think he's lost. So. You know he's desperate for a win, and Marshman, I we thought might have been the ideal dance partner for him, and it didn't go his way. So, you know, tough break for him.
0: That was that was a tough break there. All right, that was the main card. The prelims. Arnold Allen picked up unanimous decision win over Jordan Rinaldi. Um, I thought Arnold Allen looked really good as well. Um, he did. I yeah. thought he looked fantastic tonight. Um, you know, he was measured. I think was was the was the word I used to describe it in my fight recap. I thought it was you know a very tactical fight, but then even in being measured and tactical then at the end of rounds, he would kind of let it all go and just kind of go a little bit crazy. But, um, yeah, convincing win over Jordan Rinaldi. I mean, Arlon Allen is, is another another kid that I thought looked just phenomenal tonight.
1: He's got huge potential, and it feels like we've been talking about him as a guy with huge potential for ages, but he's still incredibly young in the game. He's still only 25 years of age. and uh, Crazy. You know, he – he went in there with Jordan Ronaldi who I thought was going to really push him and give him a strong test because he's solid Jordan Ronaldi you know he's got mm-hmm. he's got he's got everything down he's a he's a strong wrestling base you know I thought he would be really a, a really interesting test and Alan cope with him really well um, and speaking to him backstage you know we sort of joked that the last couple of fights he's had to kind of pull his spuds out the fire once or twice you know because mm-hmm. he's found himself in trouble at points and had to come back through adversity and get the win not su- not not really so this week he he bossed it from start to finish really he dictated the pace he did what he needed to do in there and he came in and told us he was actually really pleased that he didn't go gung ho and you know have any rushes of blood to the head and do any stupid <laughs> stuff which he says he's done in almost every other fight he's had and he, he, I think he was quite proud of himself for actually sticking to the plan, and and uh, you he just know, let
0: it go in like the last ten seconds. Like that was fine for the, yeah. for the final ten seconds. Do whatever you want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I, I think, I think he was, he, he was pretty pleased with himself, as much for the way he performed as for the win itself. So, you know, the only way is up for him. I think it's, uh, it's probably time for give him give him the next tier of opposition now and see see how he goes
0: yeah another guy a little good mark the picking up that much needed win over joe duffy um man you know maybe it was he needed to be back here and be comfortable because I, I thought and i want to take away from mark because i thought mark looked good and I just feel like joe never really got going and i don't want to i don't want to just say joe had an off night but it just didn't seem like he, he got any rhythm going um but Mark Diakiese shut him down, man. He, he showed some some wrestling chops, and uh, obviously his striking is always on point. And he did he did give us one you know super creative moment in there as well with the, with the you know athletic uh, kicks that he has. Uh, but man, a, a big win, and uh, it was I mean, dude, the emotion that came pouring out when he won, um, pretty cool stuff.
1: Yeah, we by the time he got back to us, he was in his usual sort of happy jovial mood. He wasn't, you know, we didn't get any tears. We wondered whether we'd get some sort of some sort of weeping 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 joy when he came but now he was he was laughing and joking and taking the mickey out of various members of the media uh, i asked him i said to him something along the lines of look i'm not asking to to sort of bad mouth your previous team that you were training with but is it a fact that they were trying to turn you into what you would describe as perhaps a more stereotypical mixed martial artist when the thing that you do best is some of the crazy wild stuff that, and that, you know, we saw a bit more of that again today. And he just sort of looked at me and almost wagged his finger at me and says, you journalists ask tricky questions. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, and I asked him, asked him another one, just, you know, have you got your mojo back now? Right. And He was like, yeah, you know, I think he's where he wants to be. He's got his family close. Um, he's training with a, he's training with a good, a good team. I think I mentioned on a previous show, he had uh, Daz Morris Michael Bisbing's old uh, Muay Thai coach um working the pads for him during this camp. I think Darren Morris, I think may well have been there as he, he who's his old coach at AST. So um oh, sorry, ASW. And uh yeah, I mean he's he's got such an upside. But I think the thing that makes Martin Diarchese interesting and fun, uh was kind of lost when he went over and trained mm-hmm. trained over in the States. And uh we saw a little bit more, you know, the old Martin Diarchese was back and Duffy did look a little bit, a little bit off the pace, and I don't know whether it's because Diackaysi was just giving him different looks that he hadn't quite, he wasn't quite able to time and pick up on, um, or whether he just wasn't quite at the races. But not to take away from Diackaysi's performance, he needed that. He Badly. need not just from a career standpoint, but I think he needed it from a personal mental standpoint, and that that I think. You know, for for both reasons, that's why he was such an emotional wreck after
0: he won. That's it, and 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 and, you know, listen, some places just aren't a good fit for people. You know, sometimes it's not. Of course, ATT is a wonderful training facility with incredible athletes there, but sometimes it's just a a better place fits different, and that and that shows in your performance. So nothing there. All right, Saperbeck Safra picked up a decision win over Nicholas. Sorry. Nikolai Negamaranu. I messed it up there. Dan Hardy messed it up at the weigh ins the other day. That was pretty funny when he caught himself. He's like, sorry. Uh, but no, uh, uh, listen, Nikolai, I thought, uh, looked like somebody that, that that has something, you know, and, and he was, I think he was fighting up a weight class in this fight. Um, but Safarov was able to, to grind out the decision win. Um, there was a, a point deduction there along the way, but um, Safarov got the victory. Um, and then had what uh, the worst post-fight interview you've ever had? You I,
1: I've I've had some duffers over the years in terms of interviews where I've I've, just, I've asked the wrong question or I've I've done something or I've just not. I had a, I had I had a terrible interview with, with Ilir Latifi <laughs> once where I think I just got him at a bad time or my questions were just terrible or both, and I, I it it was just awful. It was probably my fault. So. Uh, yeah, it was one of those. This one was interesting because um, one of the USCPR staff came back and says, "Right, Safarov doesn't have any English, but he has a he has a guy with him who can kind of translate. <laughs> kind of translate do you always want, is a good. Do you want Do you want us to bring him in? And we're like, Well, yeah, let's let's go and let's yeah. give it a go. And you know, if anybody else doesn't want to doesn't want to interview him then that's fine. Well, you know, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Now, bearing in mind, I hadn't seen a second of this fight. <laughs> not one second of this fight. Because of all the chaos and carnage and everything else we were dealing with, and a quarter of an hour long Ben Askren scrum that we were dealing with, I had not seen a second of this fight. All I knew was that he was holding the cage multiple times. That's it. And obviously, I also knew about what had happened going into the fight. I knew he was a short notice opponent change I know there was some argy-bargy at the weigh-ins so I was like okay let's give this a go this is going to be a three and out three questions and yeah. we're done and uh, not only could was I having to deal with this translator I couldn't hear the translator so I was asking these questions I wasn't. I had no idea what the answers were <laughs> I was interviewing about a fight I hadn't seen So, so yeah check that out on the YouTube page and <laughs> listen to a completely clueless man Talk to, a, talk to a translator who he can't hear about a fight he didn't see. That's fantastic. Um, oh, the the yeah, things it, we do. But you just have to kind of wing it in those situations. And the other thing was, there were other people standing around me. Did they ask any questions? No. <laughs> they just no. left you out of the Size got this.
0: Oh, that's brutal. All that's right. Dan cool. Ige picked up a submission win over Danny Henry. Dan Ige looked phenomenal, man. Dan, Dan Ige comes in, dominates this fight in 77 seconds. Gets on the mic and gives a, a classy post-fight speech, you know, heart goes out to the, to the victims and we need to stop this, everybody in the world, race, creed, color, come on, man, let's get all on the same page. Uh, and then, on his way out, stopped by me at Press Row and was like, hey, I just want to wish you a happy birthday, John. I mean, this dude, w- w- what can you say, flawless performance.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he came back and gave a really, really cool interview as well. He um, He's he's just a classy, classy individual, you know, he wants to be a success of himself as a mixed martial artist, but, as I'm sure many roadshow listeners know, because, you know, we're talking to hardcore fans right, right. now, he, he's also a fight manager. That's right. He works for Dominance Fight Management alongside Ali Abdelaziz. That's right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I said, okay, then what would Dan Ige, the fight manager, what what advice would he give to Dan Ige, the fighter? You know, what's, what are you going to do with him next? Yeah. And he's like, Stay active, keep fighting, blah 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 blah, and um, you know I said you know is he is he the call out type or is he the is he the give me anyone give me anyone uh you know give me anyone the UFC well, wants type? Oh my client
0: Dan Ige. Yeah no
1: it was kind of like that so so you know we had a, it was a fun little you know uh, part to the interview but really classy guy and uh, you know I think it was especially especially sort of sweet for him he was coming in against the guy who in his last appearance had claimed a very quick submission victory of his own. Mm-hmm. That was back here in London against uh Hakim uh Duaru. Duaru. Yep. Uh, like 35 36 seconds I think it was. And uh, Ige finished him in in uh I think was it 77 seconds? Something like that, 77 seconds I think it was. And uh yeah, hugely hugely impressive performance. Massive size difference. He was it was like David versus Goliath in there. Yeah. And and you know Following following the narrative, David wins. So, yeah, it was it was a good performance. Classy guy, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see to see where he goes next.
0: Yeah, ended up uh, pocketing 50 Gs by the way for that as well. So as yeah. you said earlier, uh, Masvidal Daud did get the double bonus, so he got the hundred grand. Obviously, Till got uh, 50 as well for for that fight of the night. But Ege uh, got a performance of the night as well. Uh, Molly McCann the decision win over Priscilla Cachoeira scrappy little fight here between these two men. They went at it early on the night, man. It really uh, brought the crowd to life for sure. And uh, hard-fought victory. Molly, we saw her at the Host Hotel uh, uh, tonight. We were going over there to – to try to get a hold of of Mazidal or or uh, or anybody else that we could <laughs> that would talk about what happened, we did, unfortunately we struck out. Uh, but we did see Molly there, and her her right eye or was was completely closed. Her left eye, excuse me, was completely closed. Uh, said her uh, broke. She said she broke her orbital in the third round. Uh, she's got uh, surgery set up in the morning. She actually said, uh, and I don't know, we can't confirm this or not, but she said I broke her arm with that arm bar. Yeah. I don't know if she did or not. I think she might. I've just been saying, I you know heard her, but mm. uh, she was basically praising Khashoia for being as tough as she was, because uh, and obviously we we know how tough Khashoia is. Unfortunately, it's been in losing efforts, but yeah, uh, but she is tough. But uh, Molly McCann, even though her eye was completely shut, uh, she was she was uh, on top of the world, man, enjoying this, enjoying it, uh, and you know just talking about how hard she worked for it and just how much the, the, the whole moment meant to her.
1: Yeah, now Molly Molly gets very emotional around her fights. You know whether it's the weigh-in, just watch her at the weigh-in. She's right. all, she's on the verge, on the verge of tears at the weigh-in, and and you know she gets like that on the walk-on. She she fights on passion and fire, and and you know she's she's so proud. You know she, she, you know she's she's proud of where she comes from, and she's proud to get in there and represent the city of Liverpool and to you know she she's got like even just in the hotel bar. She must have had at least at least twenty five friends, family, whoever else you know, people from from down the road, whoever yeah. it was. She had a huge entourage of, yep. of people around her, and they were all there for her. I think Paddy Pimlet was there. Yep. Um, there's a real commun- sense of community around around the Liverpool fight scene. Whenever one of those guys fights, everybody mucks in, and it's 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 really brilliant to see. And. Molly lost her first fight in the UFC and was absolutely crestfallen because it was in her hometown, and she was beyond beyond gutted. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when she walked past, you know, walked past her, she was in absolute floods of tears and all yep. the rest of it. This time she was over the moon. Like yep. as soon as she saw us when she was in the fighter, she came bounding over. You know, wanted to take it. Oh, let's take a picture, like, Let's yeah. take a picture so you can see my eye and all this. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was a scrappy fight. There was a bit of needle in there every now and again, you know. Uh, I think towards, um, there was a, there was a glove touch that, Cashewera turned into a muay Thai clinch yeah, like that, that. Was, and
0: that was, bad. that was naughty. I and, thought. It, that Rich Mitchell, the ref, moment. I
1: thought, dealt with that very, very well.
0: Yeah, she seemed because yeah, he basically called time out on it. it yeah, he stopped
1: like, it and gave her a telling off. For
0: yeah, it. and she, uh, it looked like she apologized right away. She doesn't speak English, so I don't know what she was able to say, but um you know i, I think she was it mean, she was making motions if she was apologizing. She was trying to explain that. like i thought I, I think she just got caught up in the heat of the moment but yeah. that was that was a bad moment and uh molly actually ended the fight by flipping her off and yeah. and, and uh and running her way and jumping on the cage so yeah. it was it was it was a hell of a fight though and molly as you said man she's she's uh, an emotional person and she even said tonight you know she's like man the the demons that, that you have to fight man in this game it's it's hard
1: yeah and and uh Shout out to uh, to Simon Sumano. The first line of the, the of, of the report was something like Molly McCann is known to her fans as Meatball, and by the end of her fight with Priscilla Caccia, that's exactly what her left eye looked like.
0: So did because it
1: was huge. <sighs> it was a bad night for for swollen faces because um, Claudio Silva came in looking looking like the Elephant Man when he came in to do the uh, the post fight the, uh, the post fight interview I mean we saw him in the fight <laughs> hotel like, as well
0: you guys are like hey hey the swelling is going down looking good buddy <laughs> <laughs> it has he
1: turned around he still looked terrible he, he still but he looked at me and said, so give gave me a thumbs up, like it's getting
0: better It's was like <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but,
1: but like he literally came in and the first thing he did he sort of stood in front of the microphone we're all lining the cameras so and he goes sorry about my face <laughs> that's the first <laughs> thing he said but um, no it was it was it's funny but um yeah no that 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 eye for for money looked very Oof. very nasty i just hope that there's no there's no lasting damage there. i'm a, i'm a bit funny with eye injuries i they just sort of set me off a little bit so yeah it looked bad fingers crossed Everything's good. It's just swelling. It will go down, yeah. and, and and you know Molly will be back in there again sooner rather than later.
0: The night started out with Mike Grundy picking up a TKO win over at Nad Naramani. Mike Grundy looked good as well, making his UFC debut. The uh, teammate of Darren Till, so they bookended the uh, evening one one victorious, one not, uh, one suffering the defeat. But I thought this was a good a good win for Mike Grundy. I think he showed yeah. that hey, yeah, I'm I'm deserving of being here.
1: Nad Naramani is is a real gritty scrapper of a fighter. He doesn't get beat easily at all. Um, You know, he he came in and and beat Paddy Pimlick convincingly to win the Cage Warriors featherweight title. And this was when Paddy was, was, was tearing through people in Cage Warriors and and looking like he was going to be the next star to, to to progress up to the UFC. And Nad just handled him in that fight. So we know that Nad, and since Nad's been in the UFC, he trains um, with team alpha male and uh, he's, He's solid everywhere, you know. He's 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 got decent decent enough striking. He's got a strong a strong wrestling base, and he's just he's just tough and scrappy. He's not very easy to beat. Grundy went in there, and I thought he looked absolutely superb for a guy making his UFC debut. And he's been around the world. He's fought all over the place. He's a former wrestler in the Commonwealth Games. He's a bronze medalist in the Commonwealth Games. Um, so he knows what it's like to perform on on a big stage. Uh, but the u f c and he told us backstage you know this 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 was a completely different ball game altogether, but he looked like he looked like a man who'd fought sort of half a dozen times in the u f c before completely nerveless yep. got in there and the thing that impressed me the most um because he got he got rocked in that fight as well Naramani caught him, I think it was mm-hmm. a head kick and uh Grundy Grundy was a little bit wobbly for a while, recovered well but the thing the thing that really really struck me and it 's the sign of a fighter who 's got Who's got his senses about him, and he's not prone to rushes of blood to the head. And because it was his debut, it maybe it even more impressive. When he rocked Naramani, he didn't just bulldoze his way in. Right. So often, especially with young fighters or fighters who are making their UFC debut, they get their opportunity, they see their opponents rocked, and they smother their own work. They close the gap far too quickly, and then they can't get their shots off. But they get tied up, or they, you know, they're just not in a position to follow up their shots. Grundy didn't do that he dinged him had him in trouble and he just stalked him to the point where okay I can land another good shot he was picking his shot soup barely any wasted punches and then the more he just landed more and more and then up the tempo up the intensity and got the stoppage super super impressed with Mike Grundy and uh, this is a guy who I know Darren has been uh, has been campaigning for him to be in the UFC for a long time and for him to go in there and put on a performance like that on day one was was superb, and I'm I'm ever I'm di- I'm slightly disappointed for him that he didn't get a bonus because I thought that was as an overall performance that was one of the outstanding performances of the night for me. Yeah,
0: it really was. All right, well, listen, UFC on ESPN Plus five. It was the eleventh event in London, uh, the eleventh UFC event, I guess I should say, in London. It was the the biggest gate they've ever done, is what. Uh, I was told behind the scenes of two point four million dollars, US dollars. So uh it was a good crowd. Always always loud, always knowledgeable. A little bit up and down on the night. You know, we had a run of decisions, we had three split decisions on the main card, so it was a little up and down, but certainly ended in uh, exciting fashion with Mazidal and then bizarre fashion afterwards with uh with and Edwards. So uh listen, it's late. We should probably get to sleep. It's like four thirty in the morning, and uh I got a plane to catch back home tomorrow, so gotta get packed up and get to the airport sounds like a plan other than that you guys enjoy the night thanks for listening